0: Thank you. one and welcome to the Imaginal Space podcast. My name is Katherine Perry. I am your host. So if you are new, welcome, and if you have listened before, welcome back. Today we are going to be continuing the introduction to Aura Colors series with the color opal or opalescence or rainbow. So I might use those three terms interchangeably, but they mean the exact same thing. I've really enjoyed recording this series thus far. We've done red, orange, yellow, green, and pink, blue, indigo, violet, silver, gold, and now we are kind of, yeah, I think we only have three more colors left. So it's been a lot of fun to record and learn more about the color families, and I'm really excited for today because they all have such a different theme and such a different flavor to them, but I'm really, really excited to talk about opal. So before we get started, I love to open every single podcast episode by just taking a couple of deep breaths. During this time, I just close my eyes, take those deep breaths and set the space. So what do I mean by that? It's essentially just setting your intention for the podcast episode. I do this for every single episode whether it is an aura healing, um it's about dreams, it's about spear babies or it's just, you know, about the aura colors in general. So so, I take, I'm used to doing this. I do this every single time. So, I know how to kind of do it quickly. And I'm also, I know my intention. So, if you need more time, just feel free to hit your pause button and I will see you on the other side. Okay, let's get started with Opal. So, Every single color thus far, every single time we've explored a color, we've been exploring a theme. So every single color has its unique theme. And then I've come to know every single color as kind of like a mini archetype family. So there are 78 archetypes total. And then each color has seven archetypes associated with it. So Opal is no different. It has seven different archetypes, and then each archetype brings its own flavor, its own dimension, its own understanding that contributes to the larger theme of the color. And then they all play off of each other in different ways, which is what we are going to explore today. So opal, opalescence, rainbow, is it's all about the self. You know, there are a lot of cards in here, or not a lot of cards. There are a lot of colors that have I mean, they all have very specific themes. None of them have been focused so much on the self in the way that Opal has. So, for example, Blue is a lot about, you know, what is your truth and then balancing that with the truth of the collective. Violet has a lot to do with channeling and your relationship with yourself or your relationship with something, you know, like a higher power or, you know, for example, the universe, God, source, spirit, etc., Um, sulfur has a lot to do with surrender. Yellow has a lot to do with like confidence. Green has a lot to do with healing, you know, stuff like that. Opal opalescence is focused on the radiance of the self and more specifically, all of the different dimensions available to you. So think about it. Think of opal as your extra dimensional radiance, your extra dimensional, multidimensional radiance. And then we will get to You know what that means in this in a second, but we're actually going to start with the self. I think that'll give you more of a sense as to what I'm talking about. Basically, Opal is so special and I love Opal slash Rainbow because what it what this family here, these collection of seven cards are kind of getting at is there is no limit to what you can know and what you can express and what you can love about yourself, you know? And I say multidimensional and extra And let me just define um, what those mean really fast, because I have a feeling I'm going to be using those words a lot during this podcast episode. So when I refer to multidimensional, I just mean that we are multifaceted. Um, you know, we have so many layers. You know, we have so many aspects to ourselves, both seen and unseen. And that is the key part here. So... Um, the fact that we are not one-dimensional beings, you know, we are multi-dimensional beings. We have so many facets, you know, to ourselves. You know, we have so many layers. We have so much history, you know, we have so many talents, gifts, so much to offer. Just think about, and this, and so like I've said on previous podcast episodes, especially I think starting with violet, Um, yeah, violet, silver, and gold, I would say the colors before green, have more grounded stories. And then once you kind of go into like violet, silver, gold, the story does get a little bit more mysterious. So, opal is not only, you know, your multidimensional self, but the multidimensionality of your spirit. You know, the fact it's like your spirit is infinitely large. And there are so many facets of your spirit that you can explore. So that's what we're going to be talking about with Opal. So that's what I mean when I say multidimensional. When I say extra dimensional, that's again where things do get a little bit more fun and a little bit more mysterious. So extra dimensional is just going into the realm of the unknown and the unseen, you know? So Opal is a lot about just accepting and loving those unknown and unseen and mysterious aspects of yourself. So for example, you know, when I really started learning about like the aura colors, for example, that's a simple example, learning about your aura colors or learning about um, maybe there are so many other languages like astrology, numerology, you know, all like human design that's learning about like the very unknown, very mysterious aspects of yourself. That's, you know, kind of leaning into learning about the extra dimensional aspects of yourself. So that's how I use the words. I know like some people mean different things when they use words like multidimensional or multidimensionality. So I just wanted to cover that up top. And now we can start with the self. So the self is all. So the lightest expression of the self, the archetype um, is embracing the full spectrum of who you are. And that's where it gets, the self is a very, very fun card. You know, it's a very beautiful card. It's a very vibrant card. By the time I publish this podcast episode, there is a link on my website that contains all of the um, images of the archetypes that were present in the podcast episode. It's a very, very beautiful card. So that's why I'm happy to kick off Opal with this card, because I actually do think Yeah, this card has like every single color of the rainbow in it. It's a very beautiful, very, very vibrant card. And so when you are embracing the energy of the self, it's like you're allowing the full spectrum of yourself to radiate. And it's not only that, but it's, you know, being willing to open up to the different dimensions of yourself and maybe even the extra dimensional parts of yourself. So, for example... You know, within like the mystical community, you know, more people are opening up to their astrology, more people are opening up to their human design, more people are opening up to their angels, their ancestors, their spirit guides. This is all very opal, you know, opening up to your past lives. That's actually something we are going to talk about with the vow. So we can talk about that one next. Um, But yeah, that's that's kind of the self, you know, it's allowing all of those aspects of self to radiate and to have a voice, you know, without judgment or suppression of what they are. And that can be kind of difficult, you know, because like I said, you know, the self it's infinite, you know, you can continuously add more dimensions and explore more dimensions and reveal more dimensions of yourself at any given moment. Just, it literally just depends on how open you are. You know, opal is all about radiance. So you can shine, it's as cheesy as this sounds, you can shine literally as brightly and open up to, you know, the love within you as much as you want to. But judgment is kind of what suppresses it. So the shadow side of this self has a lot to do with suppressing these different dimensions or just not even being aware of them. Um, it is actually tied a lot into the mask and the mask appears as gray, but that's going to be a special little mini episode um, yeah, I'm going to do a whole thing about the mask and gray, but just know that those two are connected because the mask has a lot to do. Also, the mask is very connected to the self. It's connected to revealing different aspects of the self and giving them a voice and then suppressing. So just keep that in mind. Opal has a lot to do with just being exactly who you are. And so violet is the channeling color, but opal has a lot, is very, all of the colors are connected in their own way. Opal is connected to Violet with the self, just in terms of, think of the self as, you know, it is connecting to the self, it's embracing the self and loving all of the different aspects, but also kind of think of it this way. Imagine the self, like imagine if you were just channeling yourself, you know, just channeling your being. And what I mean by that, when I, the way that I know Violet, the way that I know channeling, I can just tell, you know, if I'm being open to, you know, everything that wants to come through me, or for example, Opal has a lot to do with, it is a lot of self-expression, but it's also, it has a lot to do with how love expresses through you, you know? So I've definitely talked a lot on my website about how we are all channels. Opal is a different kind of channeling. So, or, I mean, Violet and Opal are very, very... They're similar, but they are different. So Violet asks you to consider your relationship with yourself and or your relationship with the universe, source, you know, whatever it is that you believe in. And we all have those relationships. So it, they're kind of two different perspectives perspectives on channeling. Violet, Violet is more channeling from the perspective of you have a relationship with, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is that you believe in. Opal and the self specifically the self brings this element to opal of what would it be like if I just channeled my being, you know, what would it be like if I just channeled my soul channeled my spirit and was present enough to allow whatever needed to be expressed at any given moment, just to allow that to come through without reservation, without judgment, without suppression, you know, and this is why it actually does go really well with um, gray and the mask. Because the shadow of this is overthinking, you know, overthinking who you are, overthinking what needs to come through. We are like, there's such a maybe. I mean, maybe this isn't true everywhere. I I live in America, so I can only kind of speak on what goes on here. We have such a culture of overthinking because I mean, none of us want to say the wrong thing, and of course, right, none of us want to say the wrong thing. None of us want to offend anybody. None of us want to get canceled either, you know. And that is kind of, I mean. There's like a line there. I'm a big proponent of you always want to be considerate. You always want to be respectful. Um, So, you know, and you basically, those are two synonyms, two different ways of saying you always want to be spreading more love, you know, and Opal and the self kind of bring this message of if you are channeling your true self, your true being, you know, the love within you, if you are just allowing love to move through you the way that it's meant to in all of its, you know, beauty and all of its radiance and all of its, you know, multidimensionality. And you just let it, you know, you're just automatically spreading more love. So the self is a beautiful, beautiful card. It's like, and this opal is also the color of infinite possibilities, you know? So think of it this way. I say opal a lot, but I did say that, you know, opal, opalescence, rainbow, it's all the same. So we have um I when I kind of connect to the aura I connect to 12 different colors. Opal is all of those together, you know? So it is its own color and and then it's like a composition of all of the previous colors as well. So think about it this way, it's kind of like when you embrace all of the medicine of all of the other colors They come together to create opal or all of the different, you know, colors are different dimensions of you, you know, and I think that's really important to remember. So, for example, I've said it before, orange and yellow are like my main colors, but you have the entire spectrum of the colors available to you, you know, and that's really synchronous with opal's message, which is we have infinite possibilities within us. And that's why I love the self you know, in the Opal family because we have infinite possibilities for self-expression. And that's why I love that, you know, Opal is about your extra dimensional beauty as well as your multi-dimensional beauty, radiance, self-expression, because there's literally no limit to what you can express. You have the universe of infinite possibilities within you. What's really, all that really depends on is, am I open to those different dimensions, those different possibilities that I'm not necessarily comfortable with. You know, it is a little bit of dipping into the unknown and a little bit into, you know, what might not be comfortable for you. Um, But it also says that there's a lot of beauty and a lot of radiance when you do, you know? So I've used this example before. Um, For me, connecting to auras, connecting to spirit babies, and even connecting to dreams at one point, that was a little weird for me. You know, I was always curious. I was always fascinated by those things. But I did have a lot of judgment surrounding all three of those at one point. You know, at first it was dreams. I was like, okay, only crazy people connect to their dreams. You know, what could your what could your dreams possibly have to say about you? Or dreams are just a way of processing information that you didn't, you know, were not able to process, you know, during the day, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or... Um, with auras I was like it how can it possibly how can it be possible that people can see them you know those were all judgments you know those were all suppressions and I'll never forget the moment once I I realized you know that I was beginning to let my judgment go when I saw an aura for the first time and I wasn't trying or anything I just I saw it you know and that was like a huge that was like crazy for me because I was like before, I was like, all of this is impossible, you know? And, I mean, I don't, I'm not like, um, I don't see them all the time, you know what I mean? And Because, you know, for me, I think that's just like even a measure of how I can open up more, you know? And that's the beautiful part of Opal. There's always more room for you to open up to all of the love and all of the possibilities that this universe has to offer, you know? But yeah, there was a time when when I was like curious, you know, I would do that classic um, exercise with auras. I don't know if you've ever heard of it where you kind of put your hand against like a white wall and you kind of stare at it. You let your vision blur a little bit. And I mean, I already have really bad vision in the first place. Um, Yeah, I have like such a strong like glasses prescription. Um, So not that that has anything to do with anything, but I was like, you know what? Maybe I just can't see it because my eyes are just so terrible. Um, or maybe it just like doesn't work or maybe I'm not meant to see them. And then, you know, after, and I only tried it like a couple of times and I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Maybe that's just not meant for me. And then one day I just saw it, you know, crystal clear around one of my family members. And I remember she was like talking and I was like, what am I seeing? You know, how is this even real right now? And then I saw it again later and I was like, wow, you know, I saw it a couple more times and I was like, This is what happens when you really just open up to, you know, how love might want to work through you at any given moment. And I'm a huge believer in that, you know, I'm a huge believer in, I remember when I also, it sounded crazy to me, but I was like, what if there are so many different ways to understand the aura colors? What if you could like feel them? What if you could like know them? What if you could hear them, you know? And I understood, I was like, wow, I just, I know them and feel them. And understand them in that way a little bit stronger than I can see them you know and just being open to how those you know parts of our extra dimension how those extra dimensional parts of our spirit reveal themselves to you over time it's like magic opal is a very very magic color um but that's the self you know this like I said the self is like it's infinite possibilities it's the soul. It's like, it's what happens when you just embrace every single thing. It's channeling your being, it's channeling your soul. It's, it's just witnessing, you know, different aspects of the soul and the spirit and the human experience, by the way, as they come, you know, like I said, every single, you know, color family, it needs to be grounded in some way. This is not just about the soul. This is about like, just even your humanity, you know, j- just the different dimensions of this human experience. The, su- the self is all of that, you know? So remember when I was talking about, you know, what multidimensional means to me, it can mean, it means a lot of things. It can mean, you know, understanding that you are human and you have a soul, you have a spirit, um, you have unconditional love within you. You know, those are all different dimensions, different aspects of you. You know, it could mean, oh, I have a past life here. It could mean, I have a parallel life here, or I mean, I have none of those things. Um, it can mean so many different things. The self, again, it's just a container. You know, it's a witness. It just it accepts all of it and it embraces all of them as they come again without reservation, without judgment. So that's the self. And you know what? What's perfect to kind of jump over to? especially with the self, is the shadow. So I was really excited when the shadow came through for Opal. I was like, this could not have been in a more perfect place because part of understanding and accepting our radiance is understanding our shadow. So again, the shadow is just a different dimension to the self. It is an aspect, a dimension to the self, or a couple of different dimensions. The shadow as an archetype, we have so many different shadows you know that we can explore um and this one is very similar to the self so like i said the self when it is in its lightest expression we are accepting and we are welcoming in different dimensions of the self yes okay so that's kind of the same of this sh- with the shadow when the shadow is in its light expression you're revealing you know different unconscious aspects of yourself and when you are in the shadow of the shadow, it's like you're denying those aspects. So in the same spirit of the self, the shadow has a lot to do with, again, loving and accepting every single different dimension of yourself, no matter what it looks like. And that's a big theme with all of these cards, you know, so some of them like the venom is similar to the shadow. Maybe we will hop over there next Um, in that it seems like it has kind of like a darker story, but in order to really embrace who you are and again, all of the different dimensions of your being, it's very necessary, you know? So what I love about the story of the shadow is that this archetype invites us to embrace it and just to hold a space for it rather than Making it go away. And I think that's really important to note with the shadow. So I've said this before, we all have all 78 archetypes, right? They all like manifest and express within us a little bit differently, but we all have them. So it's kind of like no matter what our shadows look like, we all have multiple, you know, maybe we have one big one and that's connected to a bunch of tiny ones, whatever. We all have the shadow. And so again, another shadow to the shadow is trying to control the shadow, you know, so there is a difference between illuminating the shadow and giving it attention and giving it a voice. There is like a line though there. And you know what, my, what am I speaking of the shadow, you know, one of my biggest shadows is control. There is a line there where that you can cross over where you're trying to control the shadow. You know, you're trying to like, I don't know, purify it or, you know, make sure that it's healed like as in the past tense. And like I've talked before, you know, especially with the color uh, gold and then green and pink, healing is a continuous process. The way I define healing as is just revealing the love within. And since we all have unconditional love, there is no end to healing, you know? So... The shadow, another shadow of the shadow is trying to be just just trying to be perfect. And that's not necessarily in the spirit of Opal. Opal is embracing we are all perfect as we are. So kind of going back to the self a little bit, you know, even though there might be parts of us that are completely unknown or, you know, a little bit uncomfortable or, yeah, that we just we just don't know them, you know, as well quite yet. It's the same thing with the shadow. You know, it's just embracing Again, everything that we are whether we consider it to be light or shadow aspects. It gets really tricky when you try and like let's say like let's say um let's look at my shadow of control for a moment because I've already talked about it on this podcast. So why not you know if I was literally trying to control control and say this needs to go away otherwise I'm not perfect anymore. Um or you know XYZ there's a couple of issues there. You know, it's like saying that this shadow, it's like an unacceptable part of myself, you know, Um, instead of working with it and revealing, you know, how or it's, it's a little bit like the orphan, the orphans in the silver family. But these are all very similar in that they have a little bit of maybe a darker story just within, you know, just from a human perspective, they have a little bit more of a shadowy, a little bit more of a darker story. But there's so much potential love within there, too. You know, I like to say that the light within us, it's the love that we can see very clearly. You know, it's the light that we are used to and we know how to work with, you know, et cetera. It's the light that, or it's the love, yeah, that's already been brought into the light. The shadow or any kind of archetypes with shadowy stories, um, it's simply love that has not been revealed yet. You know, so it's potential love. You know, instead of the love that we can already see and that we're already familiar with, think of shadows as unfamiliar or unknown love that just needs to be transformed into something that is known, you know? Um so I actually talked about a little bit more in depth about this with the mystic in green and pink if you want to look at that. That might be really helpful. And then also with the shadow, remember what I said earlier about how we all have the shadow? When we deny different aspects of ourselves and we deny different aspects of our shadow, It's like we are denying ourselves a piece of the collective, the collective aura, you know? So let's say I have a shadow of my biggest shadow is like control. I'm not like that unique. I mean, we all are unique, but um, just in terms of, you know, shadows and everything, somebody else out there definitely has it. You know, I'm not the only one. Ours might play out in different ways and interact with the different dimensions of our spirits in different ways, but We all, we can all, you know, share shadows. If I continuously deny that part of myself, I'm also denying that part of the collective aura and I'm denying that part in somebody else, you know? And that's a beautiful part of, you know, what the shadow, the shadow gives you a very beautiful healing opportunity to hold space for the rejected, the unlovable, the unknown within yourself And then when you hold space for that within yourself, you're also doing that for another person, you know, and you might not even know it. And that's how we all kind of come together and heal the collective aura when we all pay attention to our individual shadows. And I love this just in terms of collective consciousness because we are not separate, you know? Again, we all share the archetypes in my language. um, We all have the full spectrum of the aura in my language. um, That's my language. So for example... Um in astrology um everybody has like the same planets or yeah everybody has the same like celestial bodies planets stars etc everybody has the same houses you know um whether or not they're in a specific sign i think does differ um it does vary from person to person but you get the idea it works in so many different languages i just like to usually throw in one that's not my own but that i've seen enough of before just to like give you some more context um, but imagine, yeah, like imagine, so for the aura colors, it's simple because there's only like 12 of them in my practice. You know, like I said with opal, we all, it's composed of all of the 11 other colors, you know? And so when you accept all of the other 11 colors, it brings about this new form of radiance and this new form of acceptance and Again, what's so interesting to me about like aura colors, archetypes, you know, things of this nature is the same colors you have within you. Somebody else has too. you know, they do express in different ways, but we all have them. So it's like the more that and this is why I love the aura colors, the more that you understand. Let's say, you know what? I've never ever in my life. uh, Well, that's not true. Um, Let's see. uh, I don't usually see red. You know, or in an aura reading or an aura photograph, there's never, ever been any red. There have been select times when I have seen red in my own aura. It's very rare. Um, So what I could do is say, you know what? I don't really see red um, in my own aura. It's never come up in like any sort of reading. Um, It's so rare. I don't need to know anything about it. Or um, we could say, you know what, uh, like, silver doesn't come up too much for me. You know, you see where I'm going with this? Saying, you know what, red and silver don't show up, kind of going back to the self, so I'm not going to, like, look at it, that's denying, you know, different aspects of self. And again, the self, the archetype the self is all about embracing the different dimensions of self to learn more. To It's just, it's a very, very powerful card. You know, the more that you can understand about the full spectrum of whatever language it is that you're studying, it's like the more you can under, so for me, even though red isn't like a common color, the more I can understand about red, there's two things there. The more I can understand the love and the power of red if I wanted to add it to my aura. And then if I come across somebody who is red, I understand them. So this is very much, you know, Opal just in terms of, we all embody the full spectrum of whatever language it is that we choose. So whether it's auras, archetypes like tarot, numerology, astrology, whatever, if we can acknowledge that we embody and we experience the full spectrum of, you know, Oh, this actually does work for astrology. I was actually, I was thinking of like the birth chart um, where like, for example, I don't think I have like no planets in Scorpio. But the moon, like there's the moon is in Scorpio and I experienced that or um, the sun is in Scorpio at one point, you know, Scorpio season, you know what I mean? So we all experience the full spectrum of, you know, however it is that we want to interpret this world, however it is that we want to translate this world, we all experience the full spectrum, you know, at some point. So we can either. So again, there's two things that we can do with that information. We can say. Uh, especially with the self I want to you know expand my soul and expand my spirit in my example by learning more about red red isn't usually present you know in my human experience but I still want to learn about it just to expand and open into different dimensions of the self by adding red to my aura and let me learn more about red so that the people that are red in my life I understand them as well And I can hold space for the unique multidimensionality, extra dimensionality, unconditional love within them as well, you know. So that's like a real example. Okay, I don't have a lot of red, but I do know actually a lot of people around me have a lot of red. So I wonder, you know, what that says Um, there. Maybe they're just trying to like balance me out or something. But that's why that's a good example, because I could say, you know what, I don't have a lot of red. Doesn't really matter if I learn about it. But I want to know everything about all of the aura colors because we all have the full spectrum inside of us and whether or not, um, for example, someone I know all, does ex- ha- had a, a big person in my life had a lot, a lot of red. So and this is like, I mean, bef- yeah, OK, uh, I, I like lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of red and it would have been really beneficial. Oh, you know, that's what I was going to say. Looking back on it, they definitely had a lot of red, but this was before I knew anything about the colors. So that's why I was like, wait a minute, why didn't I learn more about red? I just didn't know about the colors back then. That is besides the point. If I knew about the colors back then, it would have been really helpful to learn about red. So that's kind of the spirit of the shadow. A very long-winded way of saying learning about our shadows and even the shadow in the self, learning about the different dimensions of the self in general we not only learn to accept different parts of ourselves but different parts of the collective and that's very much the spirit of the imaginal space is it's all about i mean learning about the self learning about like your relationships and learning about the collective and how those three come together so the shadow encourages us again the self it's a very beautiful very vibrant card so is the shadow just in a different way it encourages us and it invites us to look at the different aspects of ourselves that are just a little bit more uncomfortable. So think of the self as, you know, you are exploring, witnessing, you know, basically just channeling your being. And it is a little bit, it is a little bit uncomfortable, you know, when again, those extra dimensional aspects pop up and they're a little bit unknown. So you don't know what to do, but the shadow is like, those really, really uncomfortable, you know, rejected, unlovable, I put in quotes on everything because there's love within everything. So little air quotes there. Um, Aspects of self that you didn't want to look at before that you denied. That's the invitation of the shadow. So now we can go. Let's see, we can pop over to the venom because the venom is. It's not as similar. It is a little bit similar to the shadow, but it has a very, very different flavor. Oh, you know what? That's actually a perfect transition because it does tie into how it's very important to pay attention to your personal shadow because that impacts the collective aura. So yes, we will talk about the Venom. So the Venom is another archetype with a shadowy story, you know? And the Venom... Is okay, so imagine the venom and the shadow is very connected, but in a different way. So, you know, we all have our own shadows, right? Now, imagine how our shadows, if we continue to deny them, if we continue to suppress them, if we continue to ignore them, what does that do? And that's the energy of the venom. So, again, we all have venom you know, within us, that's just a part of being human. But it's the relationship, it's kind of like the shadow. We all have shadows, we all have venom, but it's the relationship to them that's really important, you know? Again, Opal is embracing every single dimension of the self. So I like to think of the archetypes in the same way, like the as the aura colors, those are just different dimensions of the self. And you want to embrace all of them And a large part of what the aura colors and the archetypes have taught me is that they all come up, you know, at one in one way or another. They all pop up and they all have their own medicine and they all have their own wisdom to share. You don't control that, you know, just like and maybe it's because one of my biggest shadows is control. You don't control that. However, you have so much power in your relationship to it. So, for example, the venom is always present, you know, um, it can be found in. so, And because it's within us, we choose how we re- express it. We choose, you know, we we do have a lot of power just in terms of our relationship to it and where it is reflected reveals a lot, you know. So and this is what, where the venom gets very interesting. So, like I said, Opal is a lot about the self we all have the venom within us and we all, again, we all have a choice as to what our relationship is like with it. We also have the choice as to whether we want to, you know, activate it within one another and spread it within one another. So the venom is one of those cards that really does connect, you know, what's happening in inside of us to how we spread that within the collective aura. So for example, the venom within us, it can be expressed in our interpersonal relationships, whether that's like familial, just like friendships, romantic relationships, you know, et cetera. Um, And like I said, the venom is very much tied to the shadow, but they are a little bit different. So think of the venom, the venom, again, it's a little bit more connected to the collective aura than the shadow. So we all have our own personal shadows. But the way that I think of venom It's more like it has a lot more to do with just the cycle of violence and the cycle of pain and the cycle of hurt that does exist within the collective aura. So I've used this silly example before because this can get really, really heavy, um, just, you know, especially with what's going on now. So let's say I'm driving in a car and, you know, I actually don't mind traffic, but, you know, I have a friend that really hates traffic. So let's just say she's driving in a car um, on, you know, one of our highways and she's in traffic and someone kind of maybe gets too close to her. She's already not in a good mood because she hates the traffic. And, you know, she's just frustrated, you know, she's frustrated that she's in traffic. And I know this is like a light and like silly example, but it does get the point across. Um, but yeah, she's on her way to the grocery store. So, you know, she's had a horrible morning in traffic, bumper to bumper, Um, someone almost hit her or something like that. Um, or just kind of maybe rear ended her. It doesn't have to be like that crazy. Um, but now she's in the grocery store and she's in the grocery store and she just had a terrible morning. And then she sees me and she has now in that moment, like, let's just say we're watching like a television show. Let's hit pause. Okay. So she has a couple of options in that moment. She can spread the venom that's within her you know the uh, the frustration, the anger that she was feeling that morning. She can spread it to me, or she can stop it. And this is where the venom does have a lot to do with self expression, because, like I said, we don't control we don't control the traffic. We don't control if somebody rear ends us. We don't control if it's raining. You know, as as far as I know, you know, please let me know, because um, that would be cool if we did. As far as I know, we don't. You know, so. In that moment in the grocery store, she has a couple of options. She can, you know, be and she sees me. I know her. She can be, you know, super um, upset. You know, she can lie. And there's like different, by the way, we all know, you know, people that there's a difference, you know, and this is where having strong boundaries comes in. There's a difference in just saying, you know what? I really need to just let this out. I had a bad day. Please just hold space for me. And then there's trying to make sure that somebody has just as much of an awful day as you, you know, with your bad morning, you know, there is a difference. So I just want to like touch on that. But That's what I'm saying. You have so many different options. So if she comes up to me and she's like, I had a horrible day, I can't believe this and like tries to like, you know, kind of wind me up too and tries to spread that to me, she can do that or what she can do is, you know, she can say, you know, I had a really bad morning this morning. You know, I apologize if, you know, I seem a little bit off. Um, Can you just like hold space? Not maybe not in these exact words, but can you just hold space for me right now? Um, There are just so many different ways in which you can carry yourself. And that's what the venom inspires us to do is if somebody does frustrate us, you know, anger us, wind us up a little bit. um, And again, silly example, but with very, very real applications, you know, we have a choice as to how we express that to the next person, you know, and also it's, it's very, again, it's a very much interpersonal thing, but it spreads very, very quickly. So it is a very, you know, collective consciousness card because let's just say, you know, she was trying to wind me up and trying to like activate me a little bit and like make me upset with her. It's also up to me, you know, to have some strong boundaries and say, you know what, I know this isn't you because I know you and you, and this is a big part of the venom too. It's being able to separate an archetypal experience from the truth of like who that person is and hold space for the unconditional love within them. So it's also tied a little bit into the healer. So I can look at my friend and say, you know what? I know this isn't you. I know this is kind of the venom being expressed through you. Let me just be there for you. And I know it has nothing to do with me. So that would be like, you know, maybe she says nothing about the car, nothing about traffic, but maybe then she becomes irritated with me for no reason and it's just like rude to me or rude to somebody else. I have the option to say, you know what? I know you're not a rude person. You probably just had a tough morning. Let me just be here for you. You know what I mean? That's the venom. The venom has a lot to do with how we care for one another because, again, we all have it within each other. But we, I, the venom has inspired me so much just to say we can all do a better job of holding space for one another and it does tie a lot into the shadow so um let's we could do like a fun example so um orange i know orange really well so maybe that's why i'm using this a lot a big shadow of orange can be like orange in its lightest expression it's very creative um it has like a hint of surrender to it it's very co-create it's a lot about co-creation So then the opposite of that can be, you know, controlling. So, and this is where your language and how you interpret the world. I talked a lot about this with gold makes a huge part is, is a very, very big deal and is very, very important. Like I said, opal, it does weave all of the other colors together. Gold has a lot to do with the sheer love and abundance when you know how to hold space for the love within yourself and you know how to hold space for the love within other people and then what that looks like to you depends on your like language but you can listen to that um in gold's episode which has definitely been published by now um but yeah let's just say yeah so for me let's just assume in this example um two people know the same language so this is like very possible um within like astrology because astrology is so mainstream but i'm just going to use the aura colors as an example because i know that one the best um and it's yeah so let's say two people me and my friend let's say me and my friend have an understanding of the aura colors and she knows i'm very orange and we bump into each other in the grocery store and you know i'm just having a bad day and my shadow of orange is like coming out you know with if she has an understanding of that she can hold space for me and say i know this isn't you i know you're acting in your shadow and here's the thing it doesn't have to be in those exact words because The chances are, and this is where, again, gold comes in, gold carries a lot of themes of really diving deep and finding your own language. It's not that everybody else has to understand your language or that we all even have to understand the same language. It's just important that you kind of, it's important that you have your own way of holding space for the unconditional love within you and other people. So for me, I know people as unconditional love through archetypes, auras, etc., some people know the unconditional love within somebody else through astrology, numerology, human design. You know, it's kind of like it's knowing, again, in the spirit of Opal, it's knowing and understanding the multidimensional, extra dimensional radiance of the soul and the spirit that we all carry inside of ourselves, you know? So when we're not acting from that place, that's where Venom or the Venom card challenges us to just hold as much space as we possibly can and take our ego out of it, you know? So I love the Venom. It's a beautiful card. I get that the grocery store in the car is like a silly example. Um, but even like think about a time I can think of plenty of times when someone had just acted totally out of character and they hurt someone or they hurt me. Or even when I was acting totally out of character and, you know, I hurt someone and I just what I needed more than anything was just for them to hold space for me. I've been on both ends of that. And so maybe that's why I think that it's so important because I've seen both sides, you know, I've seen it where someone really hurt me, but I was like, I know this isn't you. And by the way, that doesn't make it okay. you know, and I've I've written a lot about this and like boundaries and like you know because boundaries are very very important with the venom just to know you know what venom is somebody else's and what's yours and you know what you can do from there and how you can hold the space etc that's all very important this is not to say get rid of all your boundaries um whatsoever again it's just it's more about being aware and encouraging people to express love more often and not continuing it because let me tell you what can happen That I've very much seen is that if somebody acts out of character once and then people, you know, kind of disregard them, they ignore them, they shun them, whatever, that person just continues life being like, you know what, I'm a horrible person. Everybody hates me. And they continue the cycle of the venom and they continue to spread it because nobody took a chance and held, you know, them in unconditional love and said, you have so much more potential than this, you know. X, Y, Z, you know, however you want to say it. That's why it's just so, so important. So, yeah, that's the self, the shadow, and the venom. All very, very fun cards. Um, Actually, speaking of which, we can hop over to the seed, you know? So, the seed is, it fits very, very well in the opal family. The seed asks you to continue, or not to continue, um, well, kind of to continue the same vein of, you know, knowing the soul, knowing the spirit, but kind of also to consider, like, what your birth story is. So there are a couple of cards, uh, the womb and the starborn, that are similar to this, but the seed, its it has a little bit of a different flavor. So the seed is all about beginnings. It's all about origins. So within the context of opal, It's a little bit, it touches a little bit on, you know, what's the origin of the soul, you know, getting clear. It's like kind of knowing what does your spirit look like? So the self is a little bit more of accepting and, you know, really leaning into the different dimensions of self. The seed is a little bit more geared towards understanding the soul and the spirit, which is a beautiful part of Opal. And I really love that in conjunction with the Venom. Because that's what I mean by, you know, holding the venom again challenges us in those moments when we are expressing venom for us to hold space for one another in the truth, in the spirit, and the truth of who we are. And that's the seed. So the seed has a lot to do with the soul, the spirit, and growing into who you are. And so that's really important. Just it goes actually really, really well with everything we've talked about with the self and the shadow and the venom. All of those are ways in which to kind of grow your soul, grow your spirit and grow into who you are. The seed suggests, and again, this really depends on what you believe in. It suggests that like our spirits have like an energetic blueprint to them, you know, and it's not to say that like, there's like a, I mean, it depends, again, on what you believe and what you subscribe to. It's not to say that we necessarily have like a purpose um, or that we have like a checklist of things to do here. It's more of like, OK, let's just say, um, for example, my when I did like a spirit or a reading like a soul or a reading for myself, my spirit, my soul appears in violet and gold, you know, so my human like soul or whatever, not like that. My human expression is usually orange and yellow. My spirit's aura's colors are usually or not usually. They are violet and gold. That's like an example of the seed or your birth chart, your natal chart in astrology. That's an example of the seed or your numerology chart, another example of the seed. You know, think of the seed as like a blueprint of a collection of energies that your soul comes here to express. That's the seed. And I really love that within the opal, you know, rainbow family, because it's just another way in which you can embrace different dimensions of the self, different extra dimensional, you know, forms of the self. And again, the seed suggests that we do all have that blueprint. Going back to echoing the message of gold a little bit, I do think it's really important to really understand what that blueprint looks like in your own language, you know, so you can continue to grow and to channel your own understanding of the spirit and not rely on anybody else to do that for you. So for instance, you know, there was a time when I really loved astrology and you probably know that by now, cause I brought up the example so many times. I really enjoyed it. I really learned. To, I enjoyed learning about it. I got like one astrology reading. It was interesting. Um, but then I realized somewhere along the way, this just doesn't speak to me in the way that it definitely speaks to other people so, you know, and if I want to learn more about my soul, my spirit in my own way, I don't want to have to rely on anybody else to do that, you know? So the the seed is the understanding that we all have like, a, we all have a soul's beginning. You know, what does that look like? What did the beginning of our soul even look like? Um, and how does that, how do we translate that into our own language? It's not to be confused with the starborn The starborn is a little bit of a different energy, but the seed is, it's just, it does have this more about like beginnings and, you know, it's a lot about potential. You know, it's a lot about, it has this very generative, um, very imaginative energy to it. And it's also a lot about growth. So the starborn is a little bit more about kind of our fixed maybe our fixed blueprint and then the seed is a lot about growing and growing into the self you know and that's opal too you know like I said opal is a lot about self-expression self-radiance the seed within the opal family specifically has a lot to do with growing into your soul growing into your spirit but your soul your spirit is infinitely large so there's always more growth to do and then with cards like the shadow, the venom, the self, those all help you to kind of grow into and expand your soul and your spirit. So the seed is a very beautiful card. You know, it's a very, um, yeah, like I said, it has a very generative energy. So that's the light energy of the seed. You know, when you're growing, when you can feel yourself growing into your soul, growing into your self-expression a little bit more, It's Well, first of all, you need to know what that is. So that was kind of where the seed and the starborn cross a little bit. Just in understanding, you know, what is my soul? What does my spirit look like in my own language? And then the seed takes a little bit of a different turn just in terms of, okay, how do I grow into that? You know, and you learn through cards like the self expanding into different dimensions of the self. The shadow, again, expanding into, you know, what might be very uncomfortable and the venom by continuously holding space, you know, for others in the collective aura, that also is a process in which, you know, that allows you to expand into your spirit. Your spirit, again, to me, it's all made of unconditional love. So the self is more about again, loving into those different dimensions of self. The shadow, loving what was previously unlovable to you. And within yourself and then the venom loving what might have been unlovable within you and other people those are all ways of expanding into love those are all ways of expanding into your spirit of growing into your spirit with the seed so okay and also just let me toss in the message of the thread in here as well um the thread is a very it's a very simple it's a very clear message you know, the thread reminds us that even though life can be incredibly confusing, you know, we don't have much control over it. Um, we sometimes don't even understand it very well. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's the meaning amongst the chaos. You know, finding meaning amongst the chaos. And that goes really well with the seed. So again, the seed is not only understanding your soul and your spirit, but it's also growing into it. The thread is kind of reminds you, don't get lost. You know, don't get lost in all of the distractions. So especially with the venom um, and then having some strong boundaries there with the venom. If someone's expressing their venom to you, don't get lost. You know, don't get lost in it. So I really love that because it echoes that message and again, highlights the importance of having some boundaries, you know, and understanding that And this depends on, you know, you can, you know what it is. The thread says you can find meaning anywhere. You know, even when the world is so chaotic and you might not understand anything that's going on, you can always, number one, you can always find meaning and you can always find your way home back to yourself. That's a huge, I really love the message. It's very, very clear. However, you know, finding your way home to yourself A lot of the cards we were talking about previously has a lot to do with, well, wait, what does myself look like? You know, how are you going to find your way home if you don't know where home is? So that does connect a lot to the shadow and the self and the seed specifically, because a lot of those three have a lot to do with owning all of the dimensions of self, no matter what they look like. Also a little bit with the venom and, you know, the venom also just as important knowing, you know, what is you and what isn't you. That's also really important because again, the thread is the ability to remember who you are, you know, what it is that you came into this world to do. So from like the seeds perspective, like what is it that you're see? What is it that your spirit is here to express? What is it that your soul is here to express? What is it that you were here to grow into, you know? And the thread are the thread is like, it's representative of those moments where you kind of just remember, you know, Maybe you hear a song, maybe you see something, maybe you, yeah, you see something in nature. Maybe you have, maybe you have like a really powerful conversation, you know, but it says that, you know, even though, you know, especially, you know, now our modern lives, they can be so confusing and, you know, so complex, it encourages you even, you know, as that can naturally happen. And it does remember who you are. And the seed, the self, and the shadow encourage you to get to know who you are. So in those moments of chaos, in those moments of confusion, you do have somewhere to come home to. So that's the thread. And I just wanted to like pop that in there because it's incredibly important. But yeah, just think of those moments when, you know, maybe you've had a really tough time. You know, this year has been really tough in general. Um, Although this might come out in 2021. Who knows? We'll see. Okay. Okay not this year, Who? 2020, it was tough in general. Okay. The, within the past year, you know, the thread were those moments of relief, you know, it does, it feels like relief kind of just washes over you and you just remember, you know, there've been so many anxious moments, so many sad moments for me personally over the past year where the thread came through, the threads energy came through. And I just like, I remembered, you know, And I just, I felt at home within myself again. So that's the thread, you know, it's understanding that we all kind of have like a thread and then the thread, it starts with us. So if we just kind of pull at it and we kind of follow it home, you know, we will come home eventually. And the thread again, can come in so many different forms. Like sometimes it comes through conversation. Sometimes it comes through just sitting with yourself in silence or just, you know, taking a couple of deep breaths. It's just that relief when you remember who you are, and what you came here to do. But again, that doesn't necessarily come. If you don't know what yourself looks like, you won't even know when you've arrived at home. And so that's why the self, the seed, the shadow, and the venom are really important because you want to know what yourself looks like, you know? Or let's say, um, again, the self is a lot about your multidimensional, extra-dimensional experience. You know, maybe the thread that like those moments of the thread come to you in like an extra-dimensional way. That's why you want to be in touch with the self, you know, so that way if it does come, you don't miss it, you know. So speaking of getting to know the self and, you know, those extra dimensional parts of the self, let's start with or not start with. Let's continue with the vow. So the vow is a really, really fun card, especially in terms of opal. That's where the vow is. um, Think of it as the sacred contracts card, you know. And that's, it's a very collective consciousness card because what I've learned with the vow, okay, so the vow, oh, I remember the day this very powerful medicine came through and it it literally shifted everything that I thought about the vow. So you've probably heard somewhere along the line, you know, about like soulmates and soul contracts and how like we have like past lives and parallel lives and like all that good stuff. Or like, you know, if we're here in this present moment, you know, maybe this person and that person have like a contract together because they were in a past life together. And you know, what does that contract look like? That's the fun energy of the vow. However, the way that I understand the vow is that we all actually have sacred contracts, soul contracts with one another. So what does that mean? They all might look a little bit different, But I do believe that we are all connected through unity, consciousness, collective consciousness, and this collective aura. And so what that means to me is everybody on a soul spirit level has something to show you. And this is a beautiful aspect of the self because it's not only, you know, it doesn't, it invites you to consider two things. You know, not only that you might have had like past lives, parallel lives somewhere, um, and then you have soul contracts with these, you know, other souls and other spirits, you know, there's that way. And then there's that way of, you know, really opening and understanding the self, you know, in an extra dimensional way. And then there's also just this simple idea that we can learn something on a soul, on a spirit level from anything and everything and anyone and everyone, you know? So, uh, for example, I've definitely said somewhere sometime before that I just, felt, you know, a very special connection to my mom. My mom really challenges me in ways that nobody else does. And sometimes it can be incredibly frustrating, but it's also always incredibly illuminating. You know, it's frustrating, you know, just from like a human egoic perspective, you know, sometimes how we get there. Um, But again, incredibly illuminating. Anytime I talk to her, it can be interesting at first and maybe not, you know, super pleasurable, But then the downloads that come through afterwards, I'm like, whoa, you know, I didn't sometimes and it depends, you know, I've gotten. Oh, and this is actually a good example. When I was younger and I didn't consider that you you choose your relationship to everyone and everything, your relationship. So in those moments that used to be, you know, extremely frustrating with my mother it was because I was like resisting, you know, the love and the medicine that was there, you know, within, and it's been such an incredibly powerful, you know, shifting relationship in my life. What made it frustrating was just me making it frustrating and not being open to all of the love and the wisdom and the multidimensionality, you know, in every single interaction. And let me tell you something, okay? This is not like, because there is a fine line between like spiritually bypassing that kind of stuff and saying, well, everybody, everything's love and light anyway. So, you know, ooh. Um, it's not like that uh, whatsoever. Um, There is a balance there of, you know, balancing and understanding and accepting, you know, with this self, you know, what that human experience is like. And, you know, the love and, you know, the wisdom and the medicine on a soul level. And this is the beautiful part of the vow. You know, the vow... And the way I understand it is we all have sacred vows, sacred contracts with one another on a soul spirit level that teach us something about ourselves. And that's with everyone. So I talked about my mom and that's like a very classic example because, you know, there's like, it's very not common um, mainstream. I don't know how to say it. Um, It's not a, it's not a hot take, you know, that, the people in our families are like a part of our like soul families or whatever, you know, however that translates. Um, But I'm talking about even just like friends um, or just somebody that you randomly meet. That's why I love the vow. The vow says you can learn. And this is a little bit, it's a little bit like the mirror, but the mirror is more like from a human perspective, people are always mirroring you. You know, you are not separate from people. And the mirror is a part of the red family. The vow, so the mirror is more like you take a look at what that person is reflecting in you. And it's a little bit more self-centered, not in a bad way, but it is a little bit more about the self. So the mirror allows us to take a look at other people and realize, you know, whatever is triggering us, you know, whatever might be making us upset or even whatever we admire about them that is something that's also within ourselves. It's a lot about reflecting your own potential. The vow is more about relationships and what you can learn about relationships and balancing out and holding space for the human experience of that relationship and the soul experience of that relationship. And that's why I love the vow because the vow challenges us to realize that we are all connected in some way through these sacred contracts, through these relationships with one another. So... If I meet somebody in the grocery store, and I don't know, maybe it's because if I'm going to a store, it's probably the grocery store these days. Maybe that's why that example keeps coming through. If I meet somebody in the grocery store, they have just as much to teach me as my mom does, as, you know, one of my really good friends does. It's just how open am I? And that's that goes back to the self. You know, If you start prioritizing and saying, you know, maybe my mom this and my friend that and my partner this and, you know, my best friend that. You kind of miss the magic of the vow, which is to say that unconditional love is everywhere. It's within every single relationship and it really just depends on your perspective. So I get it. You know, from a human like egoic perspective, of course, it might seem like, okay, my mom might have a lot more to teach me than just some stranger I met, you know, in the cereal aisle. But that's not true. You know, we all have, you know, infinite, unconditional love within us to offer one another. And that's the energy of the vow. And what the vow does is, again, it challenges us to realize that that's present in every single relationship. But how open are you? And to open up more to again. And that's again, this is why I love the vow, because we all have very and this goes to the seed the seed and the vow. We all have such unique souls. We all have such unique spirits. Again, with the self, um, such a unique multidimensionality, you know, within us that we can possibly express. So the seed. It's one of those cards. The seed and the self. When you can start really diving into your own complexity and diving into your own multidimensionality, your own extra dimensionality. You begin to realize just how many layers you have, but also just how many layers every other soul, every other spirit has within this universal family. So, And that's where, um, this is a little bit of the ocean. The ocean is just, it's basically within the gold family. It says, we all have an infinite depth to us. Our souls are infinitely deep. You know, there's an infinite amount to explore at any given moment and when you ex- experience your own depth you can appreciate it within other people it's the same thing here you know so even if you're like i don't really know that person at the grocery store they still have infinite unconditional love to offer you but how open is your mind and that's really important just in terms of the self because i mean now it's a little difficult you know i you're kind of limited in terms of how many people you can interact with but the vow, those kinds of relationships bring you outside of your comfort zone and bring you into new experiences and dimensions of yourself, you know? So imagine, you know, again, that person you bumped into in the grocery store, their soul could be, and it is, it's infinitely complex. So it's so different from yours. What that can do is awaken just different dimensions of yourself that You didn't know we're present, you know, and that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to awaken different parts of our souls, our spirits, our hearts for one another. So the vow just reminds you that, you know, getting to know yourself. Yeah, sure. That's a very, you know, individualized process. It's a very internal process, but it does. But you don't exist in a container. You know, you learn a lot from your universal family, your soul family, your spirit family, And it's not just what's happening now. It could be, you know, information from past lives. It could be information from future potentials. It could be anything. It's a very creative card. It's very much, again, how open is your mind? How open is your heart? And how much are you willing to let go of judgment, to let go of, you know, reservation and dive deep into the experience that is the spirit? So, speaking of, you know, souls and contracts, everything, our last card within the opal family. Oh, and by the way, the vow, just a touch on uh, the vow and the seed, it's also embracing, you know, the multidimensional radiance within every soul that exists. And that does tie into the bardo, which is the last card within the opal family. And I, I mean, I love the bardo. The bardo is actually the first card I ever that ever came through um, when I got this deck. So it's very, very special to me. I spent one year just, you know, receiving downloads from the bardo. So I really love it. I I was so excited to see that it was within the opal family. So the bardo is the liminal, you know, it's the in between I think of and I have such a probably a wacky interpretation of the Bardot by now um, just because I spent a year with it. And so what happens when you spend like a year with an archetype um, or maybe a color or if you like imagine if you spent like a year with like a planet or a number or something like that it really opens up its dimensions to you in very very unexpected ways. And I spent yeah I spent a year with this card so it just it had a lot to say you know over the year. So to me The bardo was a lot of things, and since this is an introduction episode, um, it might be hard to kind of contain everything that it is, but to me, yeah, the bardo is the liminal. It's the space between death and life where souls pass through or souls stay. It's how I interpret the spirit world, and that to me, or for example, the space between death and life, that's where like spirit babies are, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And one of the reasons I love the Bardo is because the Bardo how you interpret the Bardo interprets a, or it reveals a lot about how you interpret yourself and all of the other souls you know so if you and again what's more important about the Bardo is just asking yourself the question what is what does the space between death and life look like to me and then the answer is your answer but it doesn't it doesn't matter you know so for me for example the Bardo, the space between death and life, contains all interpretations equally of what that space is. So it doesn't look like anything. Um, to me, I've found it feels like something. And that might be a little bit confusing. but um, yeah, I've found that for me, oh, yeah, this is where it gets like very tricky. So the Bardo doesn't look like anything to me. You know, when I hear an interpretation of it, I kind of navigate that through feeling. You know, so I feel like what feels like love to me and that's how I navigate that. But that's why the for me the bardo can look like anything, it can sound like anything, it can literally be anything. It is the realm of infinite possibilities and the way I navigate that is by paying attention to which possibility brings me the most love in this moment. So um, the bardo, the space between, you know, death and life could be, you know, split between like heaven and hell. You know, that's a very like, I guess, classic interpretation. Um, there could be nothing there. Just it might not exist at all. Um, it could be it could just contain the entire spirit world. Do you see where I'm going with this? I found my own interpretation of it. And again, it's by exploring. What I found was to me, it contains all of those infinite possibilities, those infinite stories of what can possibly happen, you know, after death and then before we are born. And so I felt, you know, that's what felt right to me, you know, and that what felt right to me was that all of those infinite possibilities exist equally. And then, you know, whichever one we align with shapes you know, our entire world here. So it's very, um, it's another intangible card. It's very, very mysterious, but it's very creative to try and, you know, envision, you know, what does that mean for us? But here's what I'll say. The Bardo is such a, it's a really, really fun card. Um, but what it does allow you to do when you kind of try to imagine, you know, what does that space look like? The Bardot, in a way, is like the ultimate space holder, you know, in that, I think of it as the birthplace of creation, the birthplace of spirit, because that is where and that's And this was like my favorite download that came through with this card. That's where our interpretations of God, source, spirit, the universe come from. You know, it comes from this question. What does the world look or what does it look like? You know, what happens after we die? What happens before we are born? That's where it's like this space of infinite possibilities, this space of infinite creativity, because nobody knows. I mean, we know, but we don't know. You know what I mean? It's, it's a mystery. And that's why I, I fell in love with this card when I realized, wow, you know, this is where stories of God, creation or atheism or souls or past lives, that's where they are born. And so the Bardot, again, it's not necessarily, you know, which one's correct. It's asking the question. And that can really expand, you know, the concept of our souls and you know our understanding of ourselves. So um, let's say, so for me, um, like I said, the Bardot to me, it's infinite possibilities. So every single story, everything that you could possibly come up with is that is what it is, you know? And there is no more or less correct story. There's only one that's for you, you know. So simultaneously, the Bardot is those infinite possibilities. And so That helped me to learn a lot about my soul, my spirit. And I learned a lot about how, you know, my, and this is a little bit of blue. So, blue is balancing your truth with, you know, the collect, like all of the other truths that create the collective, right? So, for me, the Bardot is infinite possibilities. And then from a human perspective, we are just like traveling through them. So, right now, even though the Bardot is every single possible story, that you could use to describe the space between death and life. For me right now, it has a lot to do with, I really am really, really attracted to and connected to, you know, the idea that we were spirit babies at one point, or maybe we did have past parallel lives, you know, those possibilities. And understanding that about myself helps me to explore my soul in very different ways, you know? So it's kind of like, if you think there is a spirit world, now you get to explore it. If you think you had past lives, now you get to explore it. If you think none of it exists, you don't explore it, you know? If you think God exists, now you can explore a relationship with God. And that is the power of the Bardot, you know? It allows you to explore the unknown and all of the infinite possibilities out there. So that's why I really love it, you know? If you believe you have ancestors, you can explore that too, you know? So... To me, the Bardot, if you look at the card, it kind of looks like an eye. Um, Yeah, it looks like an eye, like an eyeball or uh, something like that. It allows you to, you know, when you're asking these questions of what happens, you know, after we die and before we are born, that allows you, it just allows you to take a step back and literally have the largest perspective. It's like the biggest picture ever, you know, it allows you to look through this world, you know, look at this world through a cosmic and timeless lens. And then the possibilities from there are literally endless. And this is why I'm like so happy where you're ending the Opal family with the Bardot, because there's so much love within there. You know, within the Bardot, there's just so much love. There's so much potential, you know, there's so much potential for forgiveness. And I've said this before forgiveness is just loving the uncomfortable, you know. um, there is so much the unseen is really you know connected to the bardo so connecting to the unseen in those unseen dimensions that's the bardo as well loving the unloved you know letting go there's so much potential there like let's say um for example within the bardo i said the unseen is a big part of the bardo you know let's say you the are okay that's what it is the bardo really allows you to open up you know within the realm of in, infinite possibilities depending on your answer to the question. And so anytime this card comes up, I always like reevaluate. I'm like, which dimension am I in? You know, what does happen between death and life? Has my theory changed, you know? So for example, let's just say you started out and you were like, nothing's there. We die, we die, that's it. Then you open up a little bit and you're like, okay, my ancestors, like I believe in, you know, ancestors. I believe that, you know, the people that were before me, they live there, you know? that allows you to have a relationship with your ancestors, you know, in a way that the Bardot is all about releasing judgment and opening up into love, you know? And so if you are able to open up and say, you know what? Ancestors are real. Let me connect to them. That opens up more dimensions of opportunity for you. You know, maybe you can like, again, maybe there's more space for forgiveness, you know, loving or, you know, compassion. It's a huge, it's a really, really big opportunity And so let's just take it a step further. Maybe you were like, okay, you know, nothing after death, nothing before life. We're just human. That's it. And then you expand, you expand into, you know, I believe that my ancestors, you know, do have a soul, do have a spirit. And, you know, that is um, preserved after you die. And then you can expand a little bit more. Well, wait a minute. Maybe we have a soul and a spirit before we are born. Okay, cool. And then you expand. Okay, wait a minute. Do we have past lives? Do we have parallel lives as humans? Okay, cool. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. Do our do we have you know past and parallel lives as other extra dimensional beings? Like, was I an angel? Was I an extraterrestrial? Whatever. Okay, cool. You know. And then you know, it's just it's fun. You know, it's fun. And again, it's it is um a big part in the ritual of expanding the self, because once you, the bardo is an invitation to lean into the unseen and to explore your truth, you know? So it's a big energy and it's a lot of fun. And what it does is it allows you to really sit with, you know, what is it that you really believe, you know? And again, the bardo whatever you think happens between death and life, That reveals a lot about you, too. So, for example, if you open up and you're like ancestors, that means that you will be an ancestor at some point or you have been someone's ancestor. And like, how can you build off of that? Or you were a soul and you were a spirit before you were here. You were like a spirit baby at one point. What was I like as a spirit baby? Can I explore that, too? I had past and parallel lives. Can I explore those? I had past and parallel lives as humans and angels. Can I explore that? and that really weaves back into the self. You know, and learning about the self in just a totally new, really unknown, fun, unseen, creative, imaginative way. It is infinite possibilities and it's just it's just a lot of fun. So that's opal. Opal again, embracing the multidimensionality, the multidimensional extra-dimensional radiance and beauty that you have, you know, embracing that through the self and getting to know the self You know, and also getting to know your shadow. I didn't touch on this with the shadow, by the way, but this is really good in terms of the Bardot. The shadow, it's not just like, and I'm using air quotes here, it's not just bad stuff. It's stuff that you don't want to look at, you know? So for me, a shadow, and I heard somebody describe this one time as like your golden shadow. It's, again, it's something uncomfortable But it doesn't have to be bad. So I think the person I heard that was talking about it, it was like her healing capabilities. Or, um, okay, for example, um, when I started learning about spirit babies, that was like a golden shadow for me. I was like, that's weird. I don't know if I want to look into that. I was passing judgment. I was denying that aspect of myself. And then I came to embrace it. Or when um, I saw auras for the first time, another golden shadow, I was like, does this mean I'm crazy now? Like, what does this mean? again, there was more judgment there and I learned to like love through it. Or if someone was clairaudient and they were like rejecting it, that's like a golden shadow. It doesn't matter what it is. If you are rejecting it, it's a form of the shadow, you know? Um, but yeah, again, opal multidimensional, dimensional radiance, you know, you learn a lot about yourself by embracing different parts of the shadow. And then also, you know, learning about who you really are you know, and like your own boundaries with the venom and how we all impact one another. You also learn about your own soul's radiance with the seed, and then, you know, coming home to that with the thread. And then there's this element of the radiance that lies within every other soul, every other spirit, and those, you know, soul, you know, spirit to spirit relationships with the vow. And then finally, with the bardo, the bardo just gives you an opportunity. To learn even more about your soul and your spirit's radiance through the lens, the huge cosmic, timeless lens of in- infinite possibility. So, that is an introduction to opalescence, opal rainbow. And now we are going to close the episode the same way that we came in. So, we're going to close our eyes. I like to say thank you to all of the guides, ancestors, you know, spirit guides that may have been guiding us today. And just, you know, close out the space by reflecting on that intention. As always, if you need more time, hit the pause button and I will see you on the other side. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for joining me on this exploration of Opal. I think that's a beautiful introduction. Um, to all of the radiance and the beauty that opal has to offer i look forward to recording oh my gosh there's only two more colors to record um i look forward to recording the those two and if you could rate review subscribe that's really helpful in terms of podcasting otherwise i will talk to you soon